Welcome back to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 30. I'm Jenny Randolph. I'm Dieter Randolph, and I just liked hearing you say that. I had to like pause for a minute. It felt like a real thing. And as we gather around tonight, I just want to let you know that I'm still tired from this past weekend. This was our son's 19th birthday, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal to me. Literally just moments ago, right before we started podcasting, um, our friend Mitch posted a video of Miles doing pr- some pretty sweet dance moves when he was like 13. 13, just mm-hmm. a little fella. Now he's a big old hairy dude. And uh, I'm very proud of the big old hairy dude that he's become. But man, oh man, time has gone uh, very fast. But it's not a complete grown-up experience yet because as part of his birthday uh, situation, um, he asked that we uh, go to play miniature golf. But because we don't do things normally, it was a little bit different. Yeah, and, and you're listening to someone who is not tired from last weekend <laughs> because I am still riding the high of beating every single other player that we brought with it. There was eight of us. It is enough, as, as mm-hmm. they say. And so we broke up into two teams of four. And the thing is, they have the longest and most difficult miniature golf course in the world as rated by, like, Golf Digest. Yeah, I think maybe. it's in Golf Digest and or something also like as that. rated by me. You see, growing up in Florida... Just part of it. You play miniature golf from time to time. Mm-hmm. You, you do that when you're a teenager and you go on dates. You do that on vacation. When I was a little kid, that's all I wanted Oh, I to can't do. tell you how many dates ended up at the miniature well, golf course. Well, it's a course. good date it because was... you can talk to each other. And if, you know, it, it's you can show off a little bit of physical prowess without getting sweaty. And, you know, it's it's one of those things. Listen, when we were teenagers, there were there, we couldn't go to think, Starbucks. There was no such thing. I think you're full of malarkey. Hey, I liked mini golf, but anyway, this is the most difficult one in the on the planet, and um, I went into it feeling like, oh well, you know, I've played miniature golf before, and it's miniature. How hard can it be? And I think that a lot of people felt that way, and we were the only, you know, geriatric people there um, in the party of eight. Um, speak for yourself, sir. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. You were the only Jim. <laughs> anyway. Oh, wow. You know, you have to live with me. Yeah, I'm just, and I'm, just I'm happy say. about that. But, but let's let's move on. Let's move on. Well, because, I just want, I got one thing I wanted to say about that. it was a 72 par course right. and 18 holes, right. 72 par. Um, you're listening to a woman who shot a 63. That's pretty great. Just saying. Well, the, the great part was that because we were the only people that were older um, in our party, everybody else was around our son's age, give or take. And there were a couple of strapping young fellas there who felt certain that they had uh, sure. that they sure. had won. They were talking a little bit of smack about it sure. and so on and so forth. But see, I know you. And as I have often said, you've got this James Bond thing where you just tend to win games. And it's not even – I mean, I, I suppose you're a little bit competitive, but it's not that it's, hey, I'm going to – stay up at night and practice my putt or whatever it's it's just no, who you I are. just I just sort of silently took over the golf course yes but so it it was <laughs> wow now she's talking smack. but it, it was hey, really it, I got the numbers to back it yeah, up but no I'm I'm as always I'm very proud of you and it was really fun to see some strapping young men uh reevaluate the way that stereotypes can creep into them, even the most enlightened soul. So Loved it was it, it was Loved pretty it. cool. It was pretty cool. I have to talk about another um, score that happened for um, <laughs> Miles' birthday. 
And no, this was this was amazing. It was really really cool. So we had planned on buying him a couple of things, mostly you know, some grown up stuff. He got yeah he got yeah like he, boring nineteen year old boy stuff because yeah he wasn't sure what he wanted. He so was I old thought, when he was ten. So I yeah, mean it's so one of those. I was, yeah. I was thinking okay we'll buy him a couple of things here, a couple of things here, t shirts you know, and and just have like a whole bunch of presents that he could open. Well, and I always get manly things, like grown-up dude stuff. Like, there's always, like, wallets and watches and pocket knives and, you know, fountain pen kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I was in Target. I was picking up some stuff and just sort of walking through. And every time I'm there, I go over to the gaming um, area and I look for the Nintendo Switch. And it is never there because we have been looking since, what, November? Well, it came out around then. And, and for we, those of you who don't know about this, it's a video game console thing. Mm-hmm. And if you Google for the Nintendo Switch, you'll find out that it is incredibly rare. Remember the days of like when Cabbage Patch Kids or Furbies or whatever the, you know, Tickle Me Elmo. This is one of those things where they just, they do not have it in the store. You cannot get it. But this has it. been going on for months oh, yeah. and months and, you can, and months. And you so can you really order can't. it on the internet for like twice have, the yeah, amount that you, least, it's worth. You know, if you're right, lucky. exactly. And I'm people not going to do that. It. No, it's crazy. So anyway, so I wandered over and the display had three or four of the boxes in them. But I thought, oh, surely this is just, they're empty. This is just for display. Like a, yeah, I get it. Because Target doesn't want to have an empty cabinet and, you know, whatever. But I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go ask. I'm going to go ask. And so I wander over to the guy that runs the electronic sections over there. And I said, hey, um, are those just display or those, are those actual consoles in there? He's like, oh, no, there's actual consoles. And we, we got them like about an hour or so ago. And he's like, do you want one? And I was like... I don't even think that I said a word. I was just my whole body yes, nodded. My whole it was like, you become yeah, eight years now. old. But I love it that you texted me a picture and you said, "Is this a thing?" And I can't repeat my response. <laughs> it was all in caps, though. Yeah, but it was. So. This is a family podcast, and I can't. But the the uh, the gist of it was. Oh yeah, buddy, you ought to. Twenty three <laughs> skidoo. You should but go was... do that. But I was actually like thinking, you know, watch out. There might be somebody behind you gonna jack you for it. But. I have to say that um, a couple of days later, I went back to that same Target to buy uh, an extra controller for the thing because we were having somebody over. Well, I was so befuddled that he was like, do you want a game with it? And I was like, ah, but ah, but ah, but ah. I was like, I got one, I got one. I was just so excited. Well, it was a sort of a Willy Wonka moment, right? It really was. It was a golden ticket. I mean, I was like, run home, Charlie. So I I went in because the controllers, there was one controller left and I bought the controller and I was talking to the the kid. I'm sorry. Yeah. He was a kid to me. You know, and, and he said, yeah, you know. I'm surprised you've got this controller. Those are very rare. But, you know, we haven't gotten a Nintendo Switch in here in weeks. And I said, well, actually, you had a few just a couple of days ago. And my wife was able to get one. That's why I'm in here again. And he goes, wow, that's pretty amazing. And I said, well, you haven't met my wife. Aww. You know, Well, but that's just how you roll. And so it's kind of a funny little prosperity demonstration. And without – I have been instructed not to get on the soapbox during the first segment of the show. I can't help it. I'm a preacher through and through. But I have to say that sometimes prosperity happens when you release your expectations, but you move forward in openness. Sure. In other words, don't sit still, be non-attached, but move forward. So in other words, 
you didn't expect anything. You're just doing your thing. And you walked Making through my the, rounds. But you yep. walked through that department. You went out of your way to go look at that display. So that's actually a reasonably good metaphor for how prosperity can work for you. Leave yourself open. Let God be God as far as timing and the, the details but of it. But it was just so perfect for his birthday. It ended up being a, the perfect and he was so surprised because it was the last thing he expected. And yeah, because he I, knows more was, about video game availability sure. than we do. And I just, I was like, yes. I was like, chalk one up for, for team mom. That yeah. was that was pretty good. That was a pretty good parenting moment. So Well, and I love that. And, and I'm having a little bit of a same but different, as always, uh, uh, this or something better kind of a moment. That's what we say when mm-hmm. you put something out there to the universe, when you're talking to God about prosperity you have to say this or something better because the idea is here is my intention and i sort of place it on the altar i release this this is the direction my heart is in but i i recognize that god has a better idea that's sort of the balance you know Mm -hmm. think about when you're working on your prosperity think about ways you can do that but i'm having a this or something better kind of a thing because last saturday you and i went to tour a building in the St. Petersburg area that they rent out space for Sunday mornings. And you know, if you're listening to this podcast, that we have started a church and we are looking for alternative spaces to do pop-up church. We talked all about this, so I'm not going to yeah, be for the next five or six months. Yeah, we're going to do we'll six be... monthly and then we're going right. to go to weekly. You know all of this. But so the goal is not to have one place for all six months. We want to move around the St. Petersburg area. And so we found this really cool place, and uh, it's an old building, but renovated, and it's exactly the kind of thing we want. And it sounded good on paper, and I'd been emailing back and forth with the people, but we walked in to do the tour, and the moment we pulled into the parking lot, it's like, okay, I want to own this building. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the thing. This yeah. feels so right. And so, you know, we took the tour, and it was kind of funny because... Normally, they rent out their meeting space for uh, couples, you know, for weddings. Yeah. It is a beautiful venue for a wedding, though. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's perfect. But they're, okay, well, let me have our brides and our grooms and all of that. And and uh, I hadn't been thought of in that way in a good long time, and I couldn't <laughs> help myself. I'm, well, you know, we've, we're not here for that. We've been married for 23 years. and But, uh, you know, I couldn't help it. I'm very, very proud. But... So I walked into it with that of, you know what, I have a different idea about this space. I can't help it everywhere I go, the grocery store, restaurants, anything. My first thought, and I guess it's because of my upbringing, my, maybe my parents did it, although I can't remember them doing it. Every place I walk into, I go, would this make a good church? And I, I mentally redecorate and move walls around and all that kind of thing. Didn't need to move anything. No, it was it was super gorgeous and it was exactly kind of what we had I think we had both pictured in our mind's eye the amount of space what we would use it for you know and I think we walked through redecorating and re you know establishing where things should be and everything yeah, else. Yeah. But so. I mean it would take a day of moving stuff around to make it what we want. But you know what it was good for me because I do that and it was a wonderful, you know what, God may have an even better idea for you. And uh, those people there don't know they're going to sell the building to us, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, you know, it's one of those. It's an exercise in openness and I am really delighted for that. But I have to say that what I do know 
is that there's perfect places for us. Oh, and yeah. we've got our first Sunday lined up, and we've got some other ones. I'm not sure what order we're going to do them in, but we'll we'll nail that down. But we've got a bunch of other places, and I'm talking in places all the time, and so on and so forth. So it's it's not scary. It's exciting. And I know that perfect places are just coming through for them. But if you're listening to this, and if you're not, how do you know what I'm going to say? So let me just say, please just hold the space for us. Just right. hold that vision with us of perfect places for us to meet. Monthly is going to be so much fun, but especially when we go to weekly, that's when we're really going to start zeroing in on the perfect kind of place. So please start sending us in places that speak to you. Once again, you're a fan of the podcast. You know what our sensibilities are. Go to waterandstonechurch.com and you can kind of get a sense of what we're doing. There's a number of spaces around town. Maybe I'll publish a blog post about these are the kinds of spaces that we think are cool. Do you know places like this? That kind of thing. But in the meantime, send them on to us and you can send them to the old email addresses. But the best one is info at waterandstonechurch.com and uh, that that gets uh, sent right to us. So as we move into the dig in section, um, I want to talk about something that came up for me this week. And, and, you know, I have to say that so often when we start to record the podcast or we start to talk about what we're going to say and, you know, what the topic is going to be for the evening, almost always it is taken from something that happens in our lives and that we really do try to learn from. And this time it was my turn. But I was talking to a friend and they were talking about another friend, as so often happens. And it wasn't like gossip or anything like that. It was more real concern about, well, you know, how is she going to handle this situation? What is going to, you know, what are we going to do? And all of it. And it kind of occurred to both of us at the same time that this person just was really going from one crisis to the next crisis to the next crisis to the next crisis. If it wasn't a health problem, it was, you know, their house burned down. And if it wasn't that their house burned down, it was that somebody in their family died. Or, or some kind of physical I mean, or Yeah, it, it, or... exactly. No, And it was just from one thing to the next, you know, and it didn't seem... And I, I do want to say seem because obviously not live in that person's life, not not in their shoes, but from an outward perspective, it does seem that um, this person just, you know, basically bounces from one problem to the next, to the next, to the next. And it made me, you know, sort of feel like, all right, why are you so addicted to the crisis what is it about this crisis that is so attractive and always the first thing that I do you know when there's a judgment that I throw out there I go okay what does this mean for me but I want to stop you right there okay that is really important just this is a sidebar but whenever something is bothering you about somebody else, and not even bothering, but you just become aware. If it grabs your attention, yeah. take a moment. And say, okay, what about this is bothering me? And why am I so concerned? And 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 sort of 
try to answer those questions right. about, you know, for yourself first. Because I think. it helps you see that other person as a teacher. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it's important. Don't go to a place of blame. That doesn't help. However, if you don't have something in common with that person, place, or thing, that situation, if you don't have something in common with it, it doesn't have a foothold on in you and you won't notice it or you'll right. notice it and it goes right by. If something gets under your skin or makes you excited and happy and passionate and all that, you've got something to look at there, something to chew on. There's some kind of foothold. And so take a moment and remember, it's not about the person. All of the things that you learn about, let's say, interpreting the Bible where you go, what does this represent for me? You can use that same skill set to make every moment into an educational opportunity. So had to take that sidebar. No, no, that's okay. So I think I think always the first human response is is like, oh man, do I do that? Am I am I putting burdens on my friends about my problems? Is is do I every time we get together, is it, you know, is it a competition of problems? And I'm like, no, that's not really me. If something's on my heart to say, generally you'll hear it and then it's it's done and then we move on. You know, that's that's kind of so I, I don't think that I am crisis oriented, I think is maybe a good phrase, you know, yeah. for this, because I don't necessarily think that that people are conscious of it. You know what I mean? I, well, I'm and there's sure. a, there's a couple of personality types that are around that. There's there's sort of the the poor me type of person who is really emphasizing their brokenness and they go from brokenness to brokenness. But the the cousin of that is somebody I'll call the firefighter. There's probably a better word. Psychiatrists probably have a word for this, but I'm going to say they're firefighters because what they tell you is, here's the problem that I've just solved. Uh. I've overcome the the ailment, the catastrophe, the bad situation. And here comes the next one. I am a vanquisher of dragons, a putter outer of fires. Right. You know what I mean? But both of those people are really fixated on the crisis. It's just different different phases of the crisis, whether you're in it or you just got done with it and you're looking for the next one. And both of those kinds of consciousness will attract more and more crisis. So take a minute. Think about those kinds of people and i gotta say i've been both of those kinds of people at different times in my past i'm not there now but i know that there are times when i've defined myself by the struggle or by the by pain the vic- yeah yeah, or, yeah yeah either way yeah, victory slash pain of the overcoming and kind of you know sat in that for a little while yeah yeah but, i understand that but when you were saying that it reminded me this morning we were in our local uh alternative grocery store because that's how we roll uh, it's called rolling oats and it's in our neighborhood it's a really cool well, it's like a quarter mile from our house yes. i mean that's awesome neighborhood grocery store they got cool vegetarian stuff and probably the best selection of uh weird beer and stuff like that anywhere but anyway really cool place so we go in there a few times a week and so it's one of those where we know the cashiers but we don't know each other's names you know how it is well, I know her name, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. You, see, you're better than me about that But it's that the same of... as mine. Well. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, um, super cool person. And well, like I said, we see her a few times a week. And there's only a few cashiers there. So it's not, you know, she often will check us out. And uh, you said, how you doing? And she goes, you know what? I'm doing a lot better. I had been going through a rough time. And it was one of those moments where I was listening, but I was fooling around with my debit card and doing the thing. And so there was a dead space in the conversation she goes you know it's so weird but 
I had been having a bad time and I am the kind of person where I can just say that to people as evidenced by the fact that she's having this conversation with us. She doesn't know us, you know, but it was such a wonderful moment where we stopped people behind us in line, didn't care. It was a moment where we all just kind of agreed that, you know what, you're allowed to have bad times. Just don't be defined by them and how wonderful it is that you're cool with that, but you're also cool with being better now. Right. And so I thought, you know, that is not that person. As you were talking about the crisis people. Right. And, you know, we had a nice... I was thinking about our cashier. Yeah, we had a nice little conversation where I, you know, and I reminded her, I said, you know, in, in the valleys of your life, it really is important to, you know, the people around you, it gives the people around you an opportunity to give back to you for everything that you have given to them. And so, you know, it's, it may not always be easy to be vulnerable and be, um, quote unquote weak, Uh but you do have lower times and it allows people to, it allows people to give back to you. And I think that that is so important to remember in those times is that sometimes you don't have to be the strongest person in the room. You don't always have to be the most joyful person in the room and you can have those times, but that's not exactly what I'm talking about. And like I said, I think going back to the going back to the scenario that sort of led to this topic you know the like i said before the knee jerk reaction is like oh wow do i do this uh-huh. and you know okay no not so much okay well why why is it affecting me all right and and i think i came up with a partial answer for myself was it's exhausting <laughs> i'm tired and i love this person and i don't i don't want them to hurt i don't want them to have a bad time but I also don't want to be around them right now. I mean, I, I, I don't have the energy or, you know, what the wherewithal to, to tolerate it on a regular basis. So I think it really pushed me back. And I thought, oh, okay, that is the lesson here is my response to that and, 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 wanting to eliminate that this person and not so much the person but all of their problems and everything that they talk about it's like can you just say something good yeah i mean we really got to that point can you just say something nice and the answer is not right now and the thing is that's where those two personality types actually that's where the dog catches its tail because if you're trying to get out of crisis management mode one of the most important things that you can do is ask for help. Mm. Just like you said, it gives people a chance to love you. And the thing is, if you're the kind of person who loves the crisis, whether you're living in crisis or you're a firefighter, you don't want any help. You either want to do it yourself or you want to wallow in it and have the people around you go, wow, that's really bad. I'm sorry. You don't really want help. So if you can go, you know what? I'd like some help now. I'm not talking about unloading on other people, but I'm talking about the very grown-up moment of going, you know what, I'm teachable. I'm, I'm ready for, for other people to, to hold a vision with me or whatever it is, something. But if you can ask for help and really want help, not commiseration, mm-hmm. not validation, not dysfunction, but real help, if you're willing to ask for help, that's one of the most important steps to getting out of that crisis mode. Well, and I really do think that that was my takeaway. That was my lesson for this is with my personality, I am, you know, get out of my way. I'll do it. You know, 
you're taking too much time. You know, I, I am the fixer. I am the doer. I am the make it writer, you know, whatever you want to want to call it. And so I think my takeaway and maybe the reason that it gnawed at me a little bit was, you know, like I said before, you never want to see anybody in that situation. So that's definitely part of it. But I think the second part of it is like, wow, I really need to ask for help when I'm, when I'm doing this and I need to, I need to do. And you know, what was really funny is that I, you know, I was, came home and I was really tired and I was, and I knew dinner had to get made. And I was like, no, I was like, it's not happening. And I was just having kind of one of those, it had been a long day, not really feeling it. And I was, I was in my bed and I was laying down and I just was like, the TV was on and I was just like, I'm just going to take a minute before I have to go make dinner. And then I thought to myself, no. And I, I hollered across the house. I remember. (laughs) I'm like, Miles Arena. And I hollered across and they're like, what? And I'm like, you're making dinner. And you know what? They hopped up. They went down, they made dinner together. It was ready. I didn't have to do anything. You did dishes. I didn't. Because I, didn't I love to, doing the dishes. Just I didn't have to do anything. And I thought, oh my God, this is, this is what it is. You know, this is, this is the lesson. And I was like, I'm going to do, this is my takeaway. I think that there's a couple of pieces there. First of all, that I'm, that was great. The kids, I know it was a proud The kids loved making dinner. I know. I always love doing the dishes. It's just a thing for me ever since the razor's edge, there's a line in there where if you can't find enlightenment doing the dishes, you can't find it. And I think about that all the time. Anyway, um, by the way, go read the razor's edge. It's my favorite book of all time. It's well, incredible. I'm very grateful that you do dishes but, because I, I hate doing dishes. I'll do laundry all day long. I will clean bathrooms. I will do floors. I will do windows. Oh, good Lord, I don't like dishes. Well, so but we're, anyway. we're very compatible. <laughs> you want to have a happy life, get yourself a brilliant man who does the dishes. Anyway, <laughs> the, the point is, there's a few lessons there. First of all, like I said, if you want to get out of crisis mode, crisis orbit, let's say, um, ask for help and really want it. Really use it. Even if the help is something that you don't want to hear, like somebody might say, you know what, you need to go talk to somebody, or you know what, you need to quit whatever it is. And, you know, think about all those hoarding shows. Those people need help, and help comes, but they don't really want the help, which is why they're still in their dysfunction. If they wanted the help and they took the help joyfully and cheerfully and really, you wouldn't have a show. Well, you wouldn't have a show. Right. There would be no tension or drama or anything. Yeah. But so you don't want to be that person? Ask for help. So that's part of it. But here's the other piece of it. And I think both of these things apply to you and to me. The other piece of it is, remember, if the giving makes you tired, you're giving from the wrong place or you're giving to the wrong place. Because God doesn't get tired. So if the giving wears you out, there's some ego, there's some separation, there's some other junk getting in the machine, right? Mm -hmm. So this is important. If trying to give to a person like that makes you tired Uh uh-oh i need to pay attention to that right that's different because a lot of times in unity people go oh we'll just plow ahead and hold a good thought you're not allowed to have a negative thought no listen to that negative thought listen to the oh wow i'm tired because here's the thing if you're trying to give to somebody and it wears you out take a minute and just do a real ego check make sure it's not that you're trying to be better than the person and all that but here's the thing if they are in crisis orbit, like I said a minute ago, they don't want your help and you are forcing it on them. 
and it's not going to work. And so part of that lesson is, you know what, secret person, I can't help you that way. So here's what I am going to do. I'm going to step away and I'm going to love you from a distance. I'm going to hold a vision of you as powerful, of loved and lo- as loved and loving, as unlimited, and all those things. We owe that to each other, to see each other like God does. You want to be a child of God? It's one of the things. See like God sees. Okay, that's my job. But I can't go help you because you don't want this. I can't go clean your house, hoarder. Right. Because you're just going to go make it messy again. You're just going to, yeah. But so you know what? I have to up. step away, but I refuse in my thought, my word, or my action. I am not going to contribute to your crisis. Right. I'm going to see you powerful, but I can't get in the mud with you because that helps keep you sick. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. So much of the crisis thing has to do with assistance. Yes, I agree. You know, and so check both of those things. If, if it's that you're trying to give to somebody, do they really want it? Because they may not, and you forcing it on them ain't going to help. You know what that it reminds me of? A, a good, maybe a good analogy or metaphor. I'm not sure which one is it. An analogy, metaphor. It's an antelope. <laughs> anyway, but you know when you taste something bad? Mm-hmm, I do. And then you're like, here, taste it to the next person. Oh, this is really awful. Here, now taste it. That's exactly what giving... I, I don't want to taste it. It's bad. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and it's exactly like that. And I, I love that. It's one of the things I know in, in the uh, in the Gather On segment, we talked about the Nintendo Switch. You know that the little cartridges that the games go on are small enough to choke on. Yeah, they're tiny. And so Nintendo has come up with a rather clever solution, and that is the plastic of the cartridge has been treated with some kind of something, some kind of chemical that makes them incredibly bitter like if you got your you touch your tongue to it it's awful it just it it almost hurts it's so gross and they did that on purpose and no one in their right mind would put one in their mouth long enough so i knew that and the night we got the the we gave it to miles Mm -hmm. um it was miles and Raina, and they they had a friend friend over yeah and they stayed up till all hours of the night. And the next morning I was making coffee and talking to our daughter. And she said, you know, um, you remember that they, they make those uh, cartridges really bitter. And, and uh, I said, yeah, did you taste it? And she goes, yeah, we all did. You know, it was just like that moment of you want to, there's something about it. Yeah, at 2 o'clock it. in the morning we're all putting cartridges yeah. in our mouth. She's like, do you want to do it? And, no, I no. do not. No, because I'm 43 years of age. I don't need to taste the gross not only the gross cartridge, but the cartridge that now that several now people everybody has have put touched their, tongue their tongues on. to. Yeah, so, no. no, I'm good. I'm good. But there is that impulse of, you know what, share in this. This misery loves company. This right. Job's comforter sort of right. a thing. Take a minute and ask yourself, are we all just tasting the bitter cartridge because it's fun to hurt? Mm-hmm. But even that, even that desire has its roots in something good. Communal. There, you know, well, it's like, let's let's share this. Let's be a community in in this experience. Well, there's a couple of pieces. Right. On, on one level, it's that what we really want is an experience of we're all in this together. And that goes back to asking for help kind of a thing. But that And that is really powerful. Nobody does anything alone. It's okay to ask for help. You're built for community. But there's another piece of it too. Part of the reason... On a, on, a, on a spiritual level, part of the reason why you want to taste the bitter cartridge, it sounds like something from the Bible. I know, right? You wanna, and Moses brought the bitter cartridge down. So the part of the reason you do that or when the dentist says, okay, now I've done some work, don't touch your tongue and you immediately want you to. You put your tongue in the hole. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
Part of the reason that you do that, and it may be that you're not conscious of it, but part of the reason you do it is the same reason why people go bungee jumping. The thing is that there is a part of your consciousness that knows that you have an immortal part of yourself. There is a part of you that is unbreakable. There is part of you that is unkillable, that cannot be sick or hurt or afraid. The truth about you is indestructible, unstoppable. And so that part of you wants to play with limits, to play with mortality, to play with yuckiness, because you're bigger than it. There's a part of you that goes, and this this is the real reason behind what they call the Freudian death drive, for example, the, that psychological thing. It's because you've got this big part of you that wants to go, see you can do the gross thing and you're bigger than that. That's why right. people eat hot peppers or whatever silly right. thing. I don't need to do that anymore. I have a mortgage. But the <laughs> point is, even the negative stuff is proof of something bigger mm -hmm. if you know where to look. So once again, if you feel like you're in a crisis, it happens. Sure. Jesus dealt with a lot of stuff too. It doesn't mean you're not spiritual. The spirituality test is what do you do about it? And so take a minute. Recognize that, oh, well, this is yucky. This is a bitter cartridge of my life. I get that there's something bigger than me, and that's why there's this contrast. And take a minute and ask for help. And you know what? It might be that you don't know who to ask. Put it out there. Even if it's just you and God, you can talk to God like you're talking to a friend and go, you know what? I do not know, but I am ready for this to get better. I am ready for this to not, not define me. I am ready to, to really show the world that I am more than my dysfunction. And that moment of unattaching from it, of deciding that you don't own this thing. You know, I've told a story before about a, a lady in the cancer ward who said, you know, people say it's my cancer. It's not mine. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. And that was the secret of her healing. The moment you stop identifying with the problem and you start looking at solutions... Something changes. Because even the firefighters identify with the problem. Sure. Don't be that guy. Right. Oh, it's fun to slay the dragon, but it gets old after a while. Look for a solution. It's there. That's the reason there's a bitter taste in your mouth is because you know better. Well, all I'm going to say is I could get used to being the person that just comes to dinner and it's all set and it's all wonderful. And that's... Uh... That's a pretty nice deal. So we are in the listen up part of our show. And as you know, the listen up part is where people send us in questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do our best to answer them. There's a lot of ways to send us your questions. Uh, you can send them in through the website. You can get to us on social media. Or you can just send an email to info at waterandstonechurch.com. Send those questions in. Anyway, the question today comes from Christina S. And Christina says, how do you tell somebody it's going to be okay? And I think I, I was listening to some of the episodes of the podcast. I almost always say something like, oh, I love this question. But I do. <laughs> I can't help it. I love that. And this is... This is another one. I'm sorry to, to sound like a broken record, but first of all, I love it when people send in the questions. Yeah, y'all come up with some pretty good yeah, questions. Absolutely. I have to say, I, I really do love reading through all of them and, and uh, 
it's really hard to choose which ones to answer though. I yeah. have to say that's the part of it that's Yeah, but that's a about. that's a that's a good It's problem. a nice problem to have. Yeah, and keep yes. them coming. But this question especially hit me because it's something that everybody has wrestled with. I mean, we're big believers in positive thinking. We tend to be pretty upbeat and we know that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. We know that all things are possible with God and so on and so forth. We know that this is a moment of good expressing whatever else is going on. It is going to be okay. And in fact, the truth is on some level, it's okay now. And all you've got to do is let the okayness come out. You know, this is a process of unfolding. And so we really believe that. You know, Norman Vincent Peale, that power positive thing guy, he stole so much of that from Unity. You know, it's so funny because Norman Vincent Peale steals from Unity. Robert Schuller steals from Norman Vincent Peale. And then the current crop of megachurch people are taking oh, pages yes. out, of, out of Robert yes. Schuller's book. It all really goes back to Unity stuff. So I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about all that. I will own that. But the point is, it's great if we walk around going, you know, God is love and everything's okay and isn't it wonderful and sunshine and lollipops and who wants a hug and all of that. And we have that kind of hail fellow well met moment. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Henry James said that new thought is the religion of healthy mindedness and all of that. But anyway. But you have to, when someone is really feeling down, when something awful has just happened, they're sitting in a hospital waiting room or they're waiting on a diagnosis or, you know, that one of their beloved pets has just passed or just any number or their house is just burned down or they don't know where the answers are going to come from. And I think that that's what this question, that when I read this question, that's what it meant for me. And so I think step one in, in the the times that I have been in those situations um, on the other side of the person that is having the hard time, um, sometimes just sitting there and not saying anything and just holding that space and just being next to them so that they are not alone can be more powerful than any anything. I don't think, I don't think telling somebody it's going to be okay is always the answer. Well... I totally agree because here's the thing. As we have said, when we talk about affirmations, this comes up, for example. If you've got big fancy words and they feel like a lie, your affirmation isn't going to be helpful. It's a point of soul agreement that has, that has the power, right? So I can't go to the cancer ward and tell everybody that it's going to be okay. Right. Because it sounds like a lie. Right. And more than, even if I'm right, because, you know, we believe in healing. Sure. We believe in proving the doctors wrong. You know, all of that. Absolutely. 100%. But it is not helpful for me to go to the person who is on an IV of something potent and go, oh, you know, it's going to be okay. And then yeah, they look no, at me I, in my yeah, hospital gown and they tough. go, you got, you're crazy. Yeah. And so I don't have the power to heal you. You know, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. He was very clear about that. And if he was clear about it, I got no business going, well, I'm going to send you good energy or some stupid thing. It doesn't work that way. Right. Sorry. I have a very strong feeling about that. Apparently. Wow. But you, it's you just got... because it's ego. I can't heal you. Right. This is a moment of your soul agreement with God. But 
me saying it's going to be okay can bring about a feeling of disagreement. I can actually make it worse because now you're thinking about, no, look at all of this bad stuff I've got in my body, my pocketbook, my life. And then it can lead you to really dwelling on the, the bad part. I can make it worse by telling you it's going to be okay. So my answer to Christina's question, how can you tell somebody it's going to be okay, is don't. Don't. Yeah, that's just what as, I was going to say. Like, I, this is a yeah. long way around of me saying the same thing you're saying. But so the answer is don't tell them. Show them. Show them. So right. be you, okay. Right. It, well, you know that um, that movie long, long time ago, um, Robin Williams, um, What Dreams May Come. Uh-huh. You know, I'm one of the few people who really like that movie. Yeah, by the it's, way. it's it's a lot. It's a big it's a big movie, and it's a lot to take in. But if you can watch it symbolically, you can get a lot out of it. I, I get that. But anyway, I digress. Um, there's a part of it where he is trying to pull his wife from the depths of like this really horrible nightmarish scenario because hell is self-denial right or something right? and delusion the way that he eventually does that is he just is there with her he stops trying to get her to do something and he just he surrenders over and he's just there with her he joins her and he's like all right if this is our new reality, I am here with you, and I I'm not going anywhere. Right, and, and, the, in, that's and, and the ego in that going moment, away. right, and in that moment, you know, she's she's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm allowed to I'm allowed to do this. I'm allowed to, you know, go through this process and go through this grief and come out the other side. And I think that that is so much more powerful than you know being the voice that has all the answers or the person that, you know. Well, like I said, that's ego stuff. And the right. thing is, we just, we just got done saying, and this is something we say so much that we wrote a book about it. You're allowed to feel the way you feel, mm -hmm. even if those feelings are negative. In fact, sometimes the negative feelings can be better teachers well, they because can, they cause you to hit the brakes, to stand up, to, to make a difference. Or they can move you so much faster through a scenario because if you get so mad that you stomp off and you leave that scenario and you get out of there, wow, okay, I didn't have to waste any more time about it. Sweet. Thank yeah. you. Well, I mean, Thank look you for at, that look anger. At, I mean, Thank you for everything. I don't want to go too far into it, know, but look amazing. at the political climate. All of a sudden, when you had a huge number of people who didn't vote at all, didn't see the point of it, now people on either end of the political spectrum are like, holy moly, I'm protesting, I'm voting, I'm standing up for whatever it is that I believe in. Like I said, on either side... It's a polarizing moment. And you know what? I'll take it. So in the same way, if you're allowed to feel your feelings, in fact, you have to. If I tell somebody it's going to be okay when they don't feel okay, it can come out, even though I didn't mean it that way, it can come out like me saying, don't feel the way you feel. And that's very limited. Mm -hmm. So instead, it's a matter of going, you know what? I'm not your guru here. I just love you. So I'm going to see you just like before. I'm going to see you powerful and free unlimited and strong but i'm not gonna tell you something that you can't agree with i'm just gonna show you and or something that i don't know is true for you yeah i don't know what you've you got going on between you and god mm -hmm. i don't i'm not gonna try to to make your miracle fit my expectation right. instead i'm going to see you 
as a child of God. And you know what? Being okay in that situation might be a big deal thing. Or it might be just a little moment. All it might be is a smile. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to read the Psalms to the person. Take a moment. Well, I remember um, a scenario that we were sitting in the hospital together with um, some folks and they were waiting on somebody that was in surgery oh, yeah. and it was a long time. It was like a... Well, we've was, done that a lot. Yeah, it was a, it was a long time in, in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And all I remember doing was, you know, here, have it, here here's a bottle of water. I'm going to go get you a sandwich. You know, um, do you want anything to read? Um, are you comfortable? Is, you know, are you too cold? Are you too hot? And sometimes just taking care of people that way, just in the little ways so that they don't even have to think about the regular routine of things can be a comfort. Mm-hmm. Because it gives them permission to sit in whatever they're sitting and in. And get through it. And Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. so. Exactly so. And so sometimes that's the most healing thing. Just be a loving presence. You don't have to, to tell people it's okay. Just be a moment of okay for them. And it's not a big deal. Don't go reading lessons in truth to them unless they ask you to. Don't hit them with a copy of the Daily Word for Pete's sake. They don't need that. They know that stuff if they're your friend. Don't do that. Just love them. And you know what? Can I get you a cup of joe? You want to talk about this? You know, where are you at? Where are you at? Not where do I want you to be. And just taking that moment to let them breathe is powerful in so many ways. Because for one thing, it means they don't have to put on a brave face for you. They don't have to feel judged by you and all of that. Show them it's okay by just being all right. That's all you have to do. And they will start to make different choices. They will find that place of soul agreement. And things will get better. It's time to check it out. And this is the part of the podcast where we tell you what we're up to, where we're going to be, how can we, how you can contact us, and so on and so on and so on. So where you check, 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 check it out. What's it, what's it, what's, what's it all about? That was, um, that was beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Uh, probably the only uh, religious podcast that has a BC Boys poll, but there you That's go. That's all right. That's um, all right. Yeah, so uh, there's lots of ways to keep up with us. Go to the website and look at the events, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I want to let you know, I'm going to say it twice. I'm going to say it now and I'm going to say it again in a minute. If you text, I am ready, all one word, to 84576, you will get updates on everything that we're doing. And it's so cool. I love the text for updates thing. You don't have to download an app. There's nothing, no place to go. And we send out like one a week. It's no big deal. It's not, you're not going to get bombarded. Yeah, we're not going to inundate Because I hate getting bombarded. Yes. Because I'm part of a lot of like petitions and like political stuff and so i get a lot of those we're 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 very gentle well and it's golden rule because we don't like it so we're not going to do it to people so anyway lots of ways but if you text i'm ready to eight four five seven six you can get that information but right now i'll tell you that uh july 23rd through the 28th summer (laughs) conference and that's going to be starting when you're hearing this will be the first day of it but summer conference down in sarasota florida it's going to be absolutely awesome if you're listening it's too late for you to go but 
there's still ways you can help out. You can be part of that. So go to unitysociety.com slash summer for more information about what all of that is. But just know the future's in good hands because there's some pretty amazing people. You're going to be doing the services at 9.30 and 11.30 at First Unity Spiritual Campus on July 30th. And you're flying solo there. August 13th, you and I are doing our Branching In presentation and a book signing. I love doing the book signings at Unity of Port Ritchie. It is the last one that we are doing for the year this is this is the final it's the end of it is the, the tour end of with... the book tour our nine month book tour that we have been on we'll kind of crazy the end of the tour with apologies to yes the exactly yeah. and um, i'm so excited to um to finish off and and such an amazing congregation it's going to be a yeah, lot of i fun. love going up there to mm-hmm. port richie it's a it's a beautiful little church it's just such a cool community and just lots of fun we do have a couple of regular things that we do and those happen on every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Sunday. So Wednesdays are our sunrise walk and go get coffee. We can meet at North Shore Beach. Around 7.20 around in the 7:20 morning. Around 7.20 in the morning or so. And it's about, you know, three and a half, four mile walk. We walk, we get coffee, we talk. You know, it's right along the water. Beautiful, beautiful time. It's and really I great. got to try, I change it up because it's getting hot outside. Normally I get a hot coffee and they know the usual, but I switch it up on them and... Kawa Coffee, where we end up in downtown St. Pete, has amazing nitro coffee. It's so, so good. You gave me a sip. It was pretty good. Yeah, but that's all you get because that's my coffee. Anyway. um, We also have, um, on Thursdays, we do a Facebook Live, and that's 8 p.m., Eastern and that's time. Eastern time that you can join us. And we do a Bible discussion every Thursday night. And it usually is about a half hour long. Yeah, it's sometimes super it, informal. Sometimes it runs a little bit longer, whatever. But if you can't, if you don't catch us on the live part, you can always go back to Facebook and watch the videos there. But you can also watch them on our YouTube channel. If you search under channels, Water and Stone, you'll find all of the Bible discussions from the past several weeks there. Um, go subscribe to our channel because pretty soon we're going to have more than just the Bible discussions on our YouTube channel. So you'll want to be subscribed to that. So oh, that we you got can, plans, baby. Right, so that you can keep up to date. <laughs> and then Sunday evenings... At a half hour before sunset, and I won't say the time because, you know, obviously sunset changes, but your phone knows, ask your phone uh, what time sunset is, and uh, we meet at St. Petersburg Beach. We park at the Dolphin Village parking lot, and you can Google for that. There's a grocery store across the street on St. Pete Beach. Easy to find. And we go 100 yards or so south of the public beach access, right to where the crowds thin out, and there's just a bunch of us there, and we hang out, and we... We take a moment just to be there, to give thanks for the end of another amazing week and the beginning of a new one, and then we get ice cream. I do want to let you know that uh, the Sunday that this podcast comes out, which is uh, uh, July the 23rd, we will not have our sunset celebration because we will be at the summer conference, but this is probably the only uh, sunset that we'll miss for a year, you know, so at any other time. Come out, St. Pete Beach, Sunset. It's super fun. It's just a matter of being with like-minded people for a minute. And just, it's it's a nice thing to remember that you're not alone and you can look down a, a, the barrel of a new week with a little bit of uh, courage. Well, and I just want to put out there that even if we're not there, go out to the beach. Yeah. Go have your own celebration. Go and do that. Go and... Go and celebrate, even if it's just you. Yeah, and you know so, what? I, I'd like it. to start the idea. I really want everybody to come. If you're anywhere around the St. Pete area, 
come down to the beach with us. But you know what? As more and more people from all over the place listen to this podcast, I want to let you know that wherever you are, go take a minute on Sunday night and go watch the sunset. There's a, there's a place near you where you can do that. I'd rather that you be with us physically, but even if you can't, take a minute and just remember that, you know what? The sun doesn't even set. I turn, and I'll turn back. And just give thanks for a minute. It's really, really powerful. But here's the big deal announcement, and you know about this if you listen to the podcast. Sunday, August 27th is our inaugural Sunday celebration. As we've talked about, we do one Sunday a month, uh, August, September, October, November, January, at it's going to be amazing. It's it's an hour service. It's going to be 11 o'clock. And this first Sunday, August 27th, is going to be at the Hotel Indigo in downtown St. Petersburg. And go to waterandstonechurch.com for more information on that. But man, I am so excited. The doors are going to open at uh, 10 o'clock. And we'll be setting up. And we'll have a little bit of time to, to gather and do some social stuff. I think our teens are going to meet and things like that and the service proper will begin at 11 so that's the time to show up if you're not there before be there at 11 o'clock at the hotel indigo on august 27th and uh gonna be about an hour service and then the hour after that i think a lot of folks will go home or go to lunch or go do whatever but the folks who hang out will be part of whatever social action project we're doing that day so it's a three-hour tour but uh an hour (laughs) service so really really excited about that please be there with us and i'm going to say it again i would love it Love it, love it, love it. If you would text I am ready, all one word, to 84576 to get the news and updates. Totally free, totally cool. You're going to love it. So, Dieter, um, I was wondering if we could wrap it up. No. Well, all right. So here's the thing. You are not defined by your outer situation. You know that. You know that, you know, you're not you're not defined by the outfit that you wear. You're not defined by your hairstyle. You're not defined by the house you live in or what you ate for lunch or any of that stuff. All of those things happen. They're the facts about you, but they're not the truth about you. You know that, right? So in exactly the same way, you are not defined by anything about your situation. You are certainly not defined by your problems. Now, I say that deliberately because I really want you to hear that. You are not defined by your problems. You're more than that. Not everybody knows that. Some people think that that's all they are is this problem. And and if you identify with it, you can't get over it. So stop that. You're not the crisis. You're not even the victory over the crisis because that's still orbiting around it, right? Take a minute. Ask for a little bit of help. Recognize that the reason that the bad stuff feels bad is because you don't have anything in common with it. It's not who you are. Take a minute and go, you know what? This is just helping me uncover an immortal, beautiful, powerful, loved and loving part of me. And I'm going to show it to the world. I guess the universe just needed a more honest version of me. So you know what? Here it is. Ask for help. Give help from a place of love. And listen to your heart. 
Water and Stone podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the comfy and very orange couch. You can find out more about Pinfeather Studios by going to pinfeatherstudios.com. The owner of Pinfeather Studios, our amazing sound engineer, and one half of the music you hear is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. And the other half of the music that you hear is the lovely and talented and 19-year-old Miles Randolph. And you know what I'm going to say. This podcast is supported solely by you. Tell us what that means, Dieter. Well, it means three things. It used to mean two things, but inflation. It means three things. First of all, it means go tell a friend. Somebody needs to know about these ideas, and we need you to help spread the word. We don't do any advertising. We need you to spread the word. Go tell somebody. Go share one of the articles we like. Like it on Facebook. Post it on social media. Staple it to something. There's ways. Spread the word. So that's the first thing you can do. The second thing you can do is go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and write a five- star review it makes all the difference in the world it helps other people know about us it tells itunes that this podcast is worth promoting all of that kind of stuff and the third way is if you're anywhere near where we are in st petersburg florida anywhere at all i promise it's worth a little bit of a drive come join us for one of our monthly services be there with us for the first one on august 27th at the hotel indigo it's going to be awesome just show up and it's going to make a difference in your life and that means it's going to make a difference in the world we need your help to do just that have an amazing week we'll see you next time